and feel your back to it. Sorry, that, that broke off because you turned the record on, so you... Okay, yes, I said, let's take um, all of that in reverse order then. Okay. Okay, which were those three points. So, let's go with the, uh, the question of Greek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the main question was, what for you is the, the main point of this uh, sutta? Because the way I read it, it seems to be quite self-evident that the grief comes, I mean, if you love somebody and, and they, they die or you lose them, then of course there is a measure of grief. But for me, this grief is kind of like part of the same coin as the happiness and joy and love you derive from this person. So for me, the trick is to learn that if you choose to live this life where you have these kind of close relationships, then you have to accept both of them. You cannot say, okay, I want only the joy, I don't want the grief. So then you, you have to accept both and you have to somehow learn how to have this deep love and joy without forming attachment to it and how then also to experience the grief but not be destroyed by it. That, that for me is... You just answered your own question. Okay. But that, that, yeah, okay. You just because, answered your own question because you're right. If, in fact, we understand that grief through our attachment comes from those who are dear, mm -hmm. then when that happens, we can handle it wisely. Yeah. And it will happen not just when we lose them to death, mm. but we could lose them also to an argument. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. when we recognize that uh, that these kind of things happen, then we can deal with them wisely. Okay. Okay, because the way I read the sutta, it, it almost seemed like maybe the point was okay. So we don't, we, we cannot have people we love around us because I mean they're only causing us pain. Because at, at when uh, in the beginning of the sutta, uh, I forgot the name of of the person who was asking this uh, the householder. But he asks, uh, or, or he, um, I think he makes, he makes the claim, and afterwards he goes to the gamblers and he makes the claim again, like, okay, love and joy comes from those we love, and not grief and attachment. And the Buddha says, no, no, it's the other way around. Grief comes from those you love. So it almost seems to be pointing But he doesn't towards... necessarily say that it's the other way around. <laughs> it's like that he turns the coin over and okay. says, look at the other side of this coin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so then that question is already resolved. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm. Okay, so now, so if in, in that regard, that shows us that we also have grief every time we lose anything that we thought was dear, not just another person. Yeah, yeah. So a laptop dies and yeah. we feel grief or the car won't start and we feel grief because we are expecting something out of it. And a Nietzsche, guess what, is going to fail. Yeah. Murphy's Law is out there actively, um, uh, how to say, uh, surveilling you, <laughs> stalking you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm. No. So anything we hope, dear, indeed. No. Mm -hmm.
Anything that you hold dear will come to grief if yeah. you are unmindful, not watch, not watchful. Yeah. So, so we have to know that these things are going to occur so that we will not fall into the trap of boo-hoo, pity me, mm-hmm. because uh, that thing is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that's a hard realization for many. Mm. Because they can only see that one side of the coin. They cannot turn that coin over and see the other side of it. It's yeah. too painful to recognize that. Uh, but that's, that's in fact, it's infective or uh, uh, contagious. Mm-hmm. That's what a funeral is all about. Yeah. It's for the wife or the um, husband or the child or the parent to share their grief, yeah. to infect everybody with it. Yeah. Hoping that if I can give you this gift, then I'm not going to feel so bad. But grief is very much more like fire and information. If I tell you something that mm. we both know. Yeah. So if I share my grief with you, now we both have grief. I don't have less grief. I'm just, you know, giving it to you as an infection. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, it's the other way around as well, right? So joy also works like that. Yeah. That's the exactly point, too, is, is that, well, let's turn that coin back over and say, wait a minute, we can choose <laughs> which side of the coin we're going to let being up for our lives. Are yeah. we going to be um, a happy winner? And yep. not be uh, and not uh, fall into the trap of of, of the grief, yep. which is um, basically a good segue into the whole pro- uh, issue of what are wholesome thoughts mm-hmm. and what's not. So yep. go ahead and ask that question. Okay, so it it's been uh, interesting practicing with this because I've always been somewhat aware of these thoughts but by indeed looking at them and trying to categorize them um, it's it's continuing this practice of wait a minute i don't need to be thinking this way i can also have a different thought so that has been very very helpful um but there's one it area is, it is really a, 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 an eye popper yes people to begin to realize wait a minute i can think what i want to think i don't have to think what i'm thinking now i can think something else and yeah <laughs> Exactly. So in many occasions that has been indeed quite, uh, quite helpful, quite uh, like, yeah, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That hold on that you're saying, that's exactly can be expressed of, uh, uh, I see you, Mara. Exactly. That's another expression of that, is it? Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or wait a minute is another way of expressing that. Uh Yeah. Uh, and Ronald Reagan had his own expression of that. There you go again. Mm, now, mm. He was saying it in reference of being on stage with an opponent uh, uh, when they would say something. But we can say that we can adopt that term to there he goes again <laughs> or there I go again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. hold on or wait a minute or I see you, Myra, or I see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are that. These are those wake-up calls. Yeah. One of one of the strongest ones was during a meta meditation I was following in the sangha. Somebody else was facilitating, and uh, she was doing a meta meditation. And 
it was right after a work day and I noticed my mind was very um, argumentative. Like, oh, I don't want to be doing meta right now. I wanted to do a bit of, no, I wanted to do more breathing. <laughs> right. And all the time arguing, ah, oh, but I don't, I don't want to go into this. I don't, and at some point I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> why, why am I having these thoughts that are making me miserable right now instead of just leaning into whatever she's doing? I mean, it, it actually feels quite good to be loving. So why not just do that? And do it. so that was really I love, I love that moment. Yeah. And also I had a few of them on the bike on the way to work because my um, uh, I, I started going back to work now because they, they loosened up the corona restrictions a bit. So then often I would I would bike to work and on the way be already worrying and thinking and having all these arguments with my with my coworkers who weren't there at the moment of course, but this is something that I'm very skillful in at arguing with people who are not there and, and planning yes, uh -huh. planning, uh -huh. planning an argument. Yes. And then, uh, so then often somewhere, you know, on the bike, on the way to work, like, wait a minute, this is not what I want to be doing right now. Why not leave that for when it's happening? I mean, why, why do I have to have this argument right now? So it's been great. Um, but there's one area in which I have not managed to do this quite well yet, I think. And that is, um, I think I told you, I'm, I'm looking for a new job now, looking to transition into something else, but I'm still figuring out what that something would be. So I want to move away from software engineering into a different field. And I have some options. Um, I'm very happy about that. But we talked about how wholesome thoughts bring you away from personality. We talked about how it's about, you know, sitting on top of your pile of dirt instead of... Hmm? Okay. Uh, and, and the unwholesome thoughts are the ones that bring you into the personality, into the suffering. But I don't fully understand yet how I can approach this job search without the personality part, because I do need to talk about my skills, my background, what am I looking for, so it, it seems to be all around personality. It's, it ha well, yes, but it has to do with um, uh, a viewpoint mm -hmm. in, the, in the sense of uh, the intention is to get this job and that the intention is, is to find this skill set mm -hmm. and how it matches to the points that they're asking for. Yeah. Okay. And that's all there is to it. And you can have fun doing it. But as long as it's my skills, now you've got to protect them. You, they're not so pliable anymore. That this mm -hmm. is who I am. This is my personality. And it, you know, like. Um, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's more the other way around. My 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 problem is not that. Um, so hmm. for me, it's more about who am I and what are my skills actually. What 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 should I be doing? You know, this such kind and of such a day, you went to such and such a thing, and that what I did at that place and that time fits in with the requirements for this item on your list. Okay. And then such and such another date at such and such a time or period of time, I was, there was this task mm -hmm. that gave the skill that matches this item on your list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the way to do it. And, and that's what you would call then the cover letter and then the uh, uh, CV. 
It's mm-hmm. just rearranging that stuff because the only, it doesn't matter what you've done your whole life. Mm-hmm. What really matters is, is um, unless they've got, and there's an, uh, um, how to say it, there's an exception to that. But basically, all they want to know is what skills you have and can those skills be applied to the job that needs to be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So after you take the skills that need to apply to the job that needs to be done, that's the cover letter. And then the CV is taking those skills and basically only those skills and rearranging them in chronological yeah. order. Yeah. And that's your whole show. And if you do that individually for each one of the jobs that you're applying for, you'll get really skilled at doing this little trick that I'm telling you about. Mm-hmm. But then I still don't know which one I should go after because if I'm, like to make it more concrete, I'm, I'm doubting between, for example, going into more of a, a product management direction, either that's, well, that's one of the things, one of the skill sets I could build this cover letter and CV around, or I could go into, for example, uh, DevOps and cloud uh, architecture. Uh, so that's a completely different skill set that I could specialize in and go into. And I have some of the... Precisely so. So you're, again, you're answering your own question. All you have to do is take the I, the me, the my, the personality out of it uh-huh. and leave it with merely the skill set. Uh-huh. So if you want that job or you're applying for that job, then you find out all you can about the skill sets that yep. are needed for that job and then apply all of this history that you know of to that yep. one ill one. Yeah, but how, what if I don't know which one I want? Then you go for both of them. Okay. And then I will know afterwards. No, or... you, may, you may find another one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm not against job hopping. Hmm. That, that's maybe indeed a way to look at it. Maybe I should hold it a bit lightly because I always get into, okay, but if I do this now, I need to be doing that for the next, you know, five, ten years, something like that. I need to specialize in this and then I cannot change again. So maybe indeed that's... Uh, there's a bit of letting go there as well. Yeah, might be useful. Yeah. But I thought that this was a question about wholesome thought rather than resume yes. writing. Indeed. <laughs> it's exactly when doing resume writing that there's a lot of unwholesome thoughts going on. I, I seem to be getting, I tend to get caught at those times into ruminating about, okay, who am I, what's my background, what's my history, which job should, should I then be taking? So I get very deeply into personality at these times. Right, exactly, which is in fact a hindrance now to writing a good resume. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah, the that... so the wholesome in this regard, and that in fact is, a, is part of the general case. Mm-hmm. Uh, People will ask, well, what are wholesome thoughts? The answer is, what's happening right now? Mm. Okay, so if someone comes and has a conversation and they want to talk, what's happening right now is somebody's in your face talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's what we're going to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. 
And most people don't. They pay more attention to what am I going to say if I can only get this guy to shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this indeed has been an area of uh, uh, how how should I put it of um, difficulty or or something to um, to work on for me indeed because at my at my current job there's a lot of this going on, a lot of talking, a lot of interrupting, a lot of, okay, we need to have this brainstorm right now and I'm still in the middle of something else, so that it's very difficult to let that go, but also because I notice, and that's maybe a next question, I'm not sure how well that relates to the wholesome, unwholesome thoughts, but, but I do think it, it's part of it. Um, I, I do feel that I need to practice a bit more with... Okay, well, let's uh, finish mm-hmm. that in the short. Let's at least address that in the short, not in the long description, but in the short. And that is, is that wholesome thoughts then have to do with what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And unwholesome thoughts are clinging to the past, even the past is now one second old. Yeah. Yeah. Which has to do, then I want to finish this. And so Mm -hmm. if you know about that, then you can either decide to have time, I actually do finish it, and when I do, then I'll get on to it. Mm-hmm. Or if it's too much of an emergency. An example was the meeting is coming, yeah. and uh, um, you're keying in a list of numbers, and you've got three or four different four-digit numbers to put in yet. Yeah. And they say it's time for the meeting. You say, okay, hold on. And you mm-hmm. go ahead and take the 10, 20, 30 seconds or four minute or so, finish what you were doing happily without being in a rush or in a hurry to do mm-hmm. what you're going to do next. But you okay. finish what you're doing in the moment and then you move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many different steps in there where we can go wrong. Yep. One is that we can think about the meeting. I got to go, I got to go while I'm doing it. And now I'm not doing it as uh, quite to the um, ability that I was mm-hmm. if I wasn't thinking about the meeting. That's one of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> the other one that we can do is is that we can actually have that quickness of the mind to say, okay, I see what the screen is. I see this list of numbers. Stop now. And I can come back to it. Mm. I can go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I can come back when it's time to come back. Mm-hmm. And sit down and finish it and catch up where it was. Okay. That's mm-hmm. actually another skill to learn. Is that you can trust that you can go back to something. Which means that you haven't really lost it. So we don't really have to finish because even if you've mm-hmm. got that list of numbers in, still you're not finished. I mean, you can continue right on working. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The question is, how, what, what is your breaking point then is the real question. And the answer to that is, how quick can you pull your mind out of the old moment into the mm-hmm. new one? Yeah. I think that indeed that gives me a great answer. That, that's, that's along the lines of, because... I've noticed that one of my closest co-workers, for example, he's brilliant at this. At just leaving, he can be typing a line of code, he can stop in the middle of the line, go have a meeting, come back, sit down, immediately continue where he is. And for me, there's always a bit of a, 
I need to get back into it. Like, what was I doing? What was my thought process here following this or that logic? Uh, so it always takes me a few minutes to get back into what I was doing. And that, that's the thing I would like to practice on. And I okay, guess... Okay, here's way how to do that. Yeah? Here's how to do that. Make special note. Take special note that mm -hmm. you remember the last thing that you did. Yeah. That's the point. Look at the screen and say, this is the condition of the screen. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. So that when you come back in front of the screen, you remember right where it is and off you go. This, you've already mm -hmm. pointed out to this guy can do it. He can be right in the middle of a half a line of code. Yeah, yeah. And he says, all right, I'm looking at that. I've got that. I mm -hmm. see you. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. that's that quality. He's in. He takes that moment, point in time, to investigate. Doesn't take a whole second to do that. Mm -hmm. So you you get a good quality understanding of what you're leaving. Mm -hmm. And I do that on a regular basis, so that when I come back to the PC, I know mm -hmm. exactly where it was when I left it. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's very useful and very interesting because also this is a point where I get into personality like, oh, but he just has a different type of, you know, his character is better suited for this and mine is not. So I need the environment to change to suit my uh, character or personality instead of, <laughs> ah, this is, this is a skill that I might be able to learn to do better. Personality yeah. is fluid with skill development. You can change your personality. Yeah. yeah. You are not fixed. That's the beauty. That's yeah. one of the most beautiful parts of the Dhamma is, is that you are not what you thought you were. Mm -hmm. yep. What a marvelous teaching that Anatta, you know, Anicca Dukkha Anatta. Yep. If you don't change, you're going to suffer. Yeah. And then... Um, one more question about the practice, actually, and that's about the word you don't like, about concentration. <laughs> Why do you think that I don't use the word concentration? I understand the word. It's a good friend. The word I use it when I, when I forget to use it correctly. I even use it. <laughs> okay, okay. In that case, so my question is about concentration. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and the cultivation of um, this, this concentration, because I noticed that especially, for example, I, I meditate in the morning, right after I get out of bed, I brush my teeth, I go sit down. But I notice that my mind is very active at these times. So there's a lot of thoughts going on, mostly unwholesome, um, in the sense that they're taking me out of the present moment. And I feel like I'm not... Um, you know, in general, when, when we're talking about uh, jhanas or concentration, or that's not one of my, like, that's one of the areas I, I, I feel that needs to improve, I need to practice with. So my question is, what the best way would be to approach this? Wow. Okay. That, that would be the rest of this talk. Okay. We're not going to go off into right view. So we can hang off on right view mm -hmm. and we can answer that question. Because okay. you're actually asking a question. The other way of asking the question is, what are the steps and procedures of practicing Anapanasati? 
Exactly. Yeah. Which is what I thought that we had done before. Excuse me if we haven't. And I say that the way that what was the comedian's name when he said it? Excuse me <laughs> if I haven't talked to you about that because I thought that I had. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, let's ask, go ahead and rephrase the question so that you remember the question as I'm answering it. Okay. So rephrase it or not rephrase it, just restate it. What's okay. the question now? Mm, the question, uh, rephrasing it as you stated okay. it to me? Yeah, the last question you asked. So the last question is then, what are the steps and the procedures of practicing the Anapanasati, right? Okay. Yeah. I, we might indeed have already talked about this and then I, I haven't listened well enough, so maybe I just need to hear it again. Absolutely, everybody's like that. I don't know of anybody who can get this down the first time. Mm. It took the Buddha six weeks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first kind of thing that we need to look at is examine whether you're talking about the steps or what we could call the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Or the sequence, when I say the events, we can talk about an event that has two sides to it. Mm -hmm. One side is cause and the other side is effect. Mm -hmm. So that everything becomes a cause and effect. Okay, so every event that comes by is what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. But this can also be uh, misshapen into a long-term kind of thing. For instance, when we, you would ask that question uh, while reading a book, uh -huh. people will have the idea that we're talking about something that's going to happen over a series of years or a series of months. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, we don't know what the future is going to be. And so when we have... Um, uh, systems of events or workings like that that have a long time process oriented situation. Mm -hmm. People invariably get lost because the order that they're actually experiencing it is not the order that's in the book. Okay, yeah. But there is a better and more important way to look at it, and that's the sequence of events that's happening in the mind, quick, 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 moment by moment, in a very, very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And we can use and we can do that in at two levels. Mm -hmm. One level is the uh, as the practice of anapanasati. Mm -hmm. And then the later or the, the deeper level is beginning to understand how the mind works itself by the mm -hmm. practice of Anapanasati. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so these then at that moment by moment level, when we begin to, uh, to see things clearly, like that uh, point that you were making, that aha experience mm -hmm. of I can think what I want to think, I do mm -hmm. not have to think. Okay, now when and how those kind of events occur and in what order are unnecessary for you to see or, or find some book that's trying to get those kind of things in there. Okay, mm -hmm. an example of that would be the Parmes 
that they have in the Mahayana mm -hmm. uh, system. Um, and that uh, each of these parmis then is not in a rigorous order. Mm -hmm. So that you, you, you complete the first grade or you do the first one and then you move to the second one. And mm -hmm. when you move to the second one, you move to the third one. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the reason I think the Western mind thinks like that is because that's how our schools and our classes are organized. So we get that ingrained in, in us as children. Yeah. Okay. But life doesn't come at us in that order kind of yeah. thing. But we do know that there are uh, cause and effect relationships that hand, happen at a series of events or a sequence of events, just like dominoes falling. Mm -hmm. Okay, the one domino pushes the second. The second one, when it's falling, hits the third. The third domino starts to fall, then it touches the fourth domino. The fourth domino, actually, uh, when it falls, it hits two different dominoes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so now all of those dominoes are falling or have already fallen while those two dominoes hit five dominoes. Okay, so yeah. that's the way that it kind of goes. Um, don't think that two can do five. Two can do four. I mm. haven't worked it out yet. I'll have to get the dominoes set out to see if I can get <laughs> four to fall with two dominoes or five to fall. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back at the reality ranch, the whole point is, is that everything that happens in the mind is very much like those domino things mm -hmm. falling. Uh, and that sometimes things get kicked off two at a time. Mm -hmm. And when that happens and you describe it as a sequence of events in a book, it's mm -hmm. very easy for students to understand that, oh, step five and uh, and seven go together, and then six and eight happen together. When mm -hmm. they say five, six, seven, and eight, you think that oh, uh, six has to be finished before seven starts, and things are not really like that. Mm -hmm. Things are really a whole lot more confused than we would have, but we can get a general idea. And so that general idea we can look at in the sense of the map of the mind of Paticca Samapada or how the mind works. But in order to do that, it's really necessary to get the mind fit for work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fitness is to be able to get it sharp enough so we can begin to see these sequence of events. Yep. And that's what the practice of Anapanasati is for. Yep. So, mm -hmm. Anapanasati, then, the word means mindfulness of breathing. But we've got two qualities now. We've got mindfulness and we've got breathing. Mm -hmm. So, as we wake up in mindfulness, that means basically to take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Because the first step is long breath, knowing a long breath and understanding a long breath and understanding a short breath. And we already know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Every child, even a four-year-old, you can talk to him about that, and he can then take a long, deep breath and know it's a long, deep breath. No problem yeah. there. But sati, that's a skill that needs to be developed, to mm -hmm. keep waking up, to waking up, to waking up, to take this deep breath. That's mm -hmm. basically anapanasati. So now we've got a sequence of events going in there. One... Mm -hmm. We have to wake up. 
Mm-hmm. Number two, then we can take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we can go a little bit more detail, but I think that that's enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you could wake up and every time you wake up, you take a deep breath. Wow, things are already changing. So mm-hmm. let's look at some of the details that are going to go all right along with that kind of naturally, especially if we put some intention into it. Mm-hmm. Because normally what happens is is that, and, and Goenka speaks of this as never mind, start again. Mm-hmm. He actually prefaces that with when the mind wanders away from the breath, never mind, start again. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, when that basic instruction is if that is at this level, when you do recognize that the mind has wandered away from the breath, and that happens all day long. This is not just something that happens in meditation. I mean, the meditation is when we get away from it all so we can actually practice this thing much more intensely. Yeah. But the basic point is, is that uh, and this fits all right along with other things that are just two sides of a coin. Mm-hmm. An example of that would be the entire teachings of the Buddha is talking about two sides of a coin, mm-hmm. being dissatisfied mm-hmm. and being satisfied. Yep. So, dukkha, dukkha naroda. So, never mind, start again, which means sati, to wake up, which basically would be to wake up and turn the coin over. Let's mm-hmm. look at the other side. Let's take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. So by turning that over, we're also changing the content and the thought of the mind that was associated with a shallow breath. Mm-hmm. So we were basically in hindrance. And when we wake up and take a deep breath, we're actually refocusing the mind away from the thought that we were having onto the breath. Mm-hmm which is part of one's right um, uh, effort Mm -hmm. to actually take that breath, take that long, deep breath. Every time we think of it, we take a long, deep breath. That takes some effort. Mm -hmm. That's the effort that it takes, this right effort. But as you keep doing it and as you keep getting at it over and over and over and over again, it becomes effortless. Yeah. So that it's just natural that you're watching that and taking a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, there's a second quality that a lot of people are missing out on, and that is the quality of the gladdening of the mind, mm-hmm. which is another aspect of one's right effort. Mm-hmm. So the sequence would really be then that as we wake up, the domino of waking up hits two other dominoes. Mm-hmm. Those two dominoes are taking a deep breath and um, gladdening the mind. Mm-hmm. Those two things now have really made things different. Yeah. Because before, you possibly were in bad feelings, you were possibly in uh, uh, lost in thought, wanting something you, you had didn't have, agitated, worried, all kinds of possibilities are in the hindrances. But yeah. by taking that deep breath and saying, uh-huh, I see you, hindrance, I see all of that crap that's going on, and now I can choose to think and feel the way that I want to feel. Mm-hmm. 
So this is one's right effort that leads into one's right attitude. One's right attitude is, wait a minute, I can think and feel the way that I want to. I do not have to think and feel the way that I have been thinking and feeling. This kept my life a drudgery. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it in a nutshell. Mm. And in fact, what we have touched on is we have actually touched on, first off, step one, primarily Vanapanasati. Step nine, which is waking up and experiencing the mind to see that it had hindrances, then taking that breath. Now we also are exercising step 10 of Vanapanasati, which is gladdening the mind. That brings about then the Vedana, which is feeling good because we've already thrown the hindrance out. And that leaves us with a feeling of satisfaction and um, a feeling of having been able to do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we now touch steps uh, uh, five and six of Anapanasati. <clears throat> Once we stay there, we begin to maintain that with step seven of Anapanasati of being on guard Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we make sure that nothing comes in the mind because we're only going to allow wholesome things to come into the mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. While now what we're doing while we're guarding the mind is we're paying attention to what, what's in the mind and Mm -hmm. we begin to see that things are floating. We begin to recognize that things are in flact and flux, Mm -hmm. that clouds go by, things come up, they come down. This is step 13 of Anapanasati. And as we focus more uh, intently, we can begin to see that the frequency and the amount of thoughts begins to diminish. Mm-hmm. They begin to fade. They're not so important anymore, which would mm-hmm. then be step 14 of Anapanasati. Mm-hmm. Okay, eventually then we become disgusted with this whole thing, especially disgusted with the world that we're so attached to. And Mm -hmm. that is then step 16 of Anapanasati. So you can see how we're touching many of the points, but some of them take a little more time than others, and some of them are instantaneous, and they happen right now. In fact, one would go so far as to say that the very waking up of Sati to recognize that the mind had wandered away from the breath is, in fact, seeing step 13. Hmm. I, I hmm. thought I was watching the breath, and looky there, I'm not. <laughs> you know, hmm. something changed. <laughs> Anicca, here it is. <laughs> okay, and that the uh, uh, what will happen for many people in the very beginning practice of meditation, and hopefully we can get them out of it before they get stuck in it, is that when sati occurs, and they wake up, instead of gladdening the mind. They don't like it. Mm -hmm. They don't like the mind when it's wandered away. Bad mind. Uh, And then they have the kind of attitude that this is work. I've tried. I've been trying to gladden the mind. Okay, you can can hear the failure built into that. Mm -hmm. Those are not actually taking the right effort. So right effort here is an important point. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is the kind of thing that we have to practice over and over and over again. But we can take it in the sense of a two-step process, wake up and watch the breath, which is another way of saying to wake up and experience the mind. 
because by watching the breath, we're also experiencing the mind, especially in the sense of experiencing a mind watching it, the breath. Mm -hmm. So, the step nine is of an important quality of the Anapanasati, and that's the first step of the mind process, is to wake up, and then we gladden intentionally the mind because the mind just woke up out of hindrance. You mm -hmm. normally expect it to be in pretty rough shape. Mm -hmm. And that we're trying to immediately get the mind out of a state of hindrance. And, and what we mean by hindrance is the hindrances to you having a full life. The hindrances mm -hmm. to your joy in the moment. Yep. These things prevent it. Yep. So we want to throw that stuff out and then gladden the mind and bring it back to a state of satisfaction, joy, a state of having right attitude. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that means step six and seven, we begin to feel really good as well as just talking ourselves into it. Yeah. But when students talk and say it like that, do well, you mean I have to talk myself into feeling good? I say, yeah, attaboy, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. We can actually talk, talk ourselves into being in a good mood. Yep. And we can also say, how do you think you got into a bad mood in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> we generally talk ourselves into a bad mood with yep. the thought, I don't like this. Same process, yep. It's the same process. Now the choice is, which side of the coin are you going to have up? Are you mm -hmm. going to have the bright side? Or are you going to have the dark side? Are you going mm -hmm. to have the old past that we were raised in? Or are we going to decide that we can brighten up? Mm -hmm. That joyful look. It's a very simple concept when we say Dukkha, Dukkha, Naroda. And yet so many Westerners, they just fret and stir with that for so long mm -hmm. without recognizing, no, that's what you do in your mind. You're either satisfied with things or you're not satisfied. And guess what? You spend a whole lot of time being dissatisfied. Mm -hmm. You could spend that time being satisfied. Yep. And so it has to do with the quality of the time, not the depth of the quality, but just merely the frequency. Just keep coming back and coming mm -hmm. back and coming back and getting yourself into a state of satisfaction. And wow, will the insights come. They keep, oh, yeah, I see what's going on. Because mm -hmm. basically every insight, Every insight we have basically comes back down to the form of, aha, I see you, Myra, I mm -hmm. see that. <laughs> there mm -hmm. you go again. Okay, almost every insight, there's very few insights. There may be a few, but they're nonverbal. Mm -hmm. If it can't mm -hmm. be verbalized, that insight is, aha, I see that. <laughs> I think, in fact, that's the definition of the word insight. It's mm -hmm. actually see it on the inside. I see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the whole quality of that mm -hmm. waking up and taking a look, doing a bit of investigation. Yeah. But then if we bring that back to really um, like concretely, like my, my concrete practice with this mind, with this, um, then the question would be, so I have two ways of approaching this meditation in the morning. Um, the one is just do it indeed first thing in the morning, but I notice when I wake up, my mind is very much in an 
in a very active, restless state, a lot of planning going on, a lot of, you know, I'm, I, I have this and this meeting, I need to be working on that, this evening I have that conversation with that friend, so I already kind of need to be preparing that. So the mind is in that state, that buzzing state. If I then meditate, I get to practice a lot with the letting go part. Then it's constantly like, okay, there it goes again, bring it back to the breath. And then a second later, okay, there it goes again, bring it back to the back. So it's the frequency of the mind wandering is much higher. I usually don't really get lost in these thoughts, but there's a lot of, okay, there it goes again, there it goes again, there it goes again. So that's well, one that, way. That's, no, that's an important quality of the practice mm -hmm. that many people think that is wrong. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, why can't the mind settle down mm -hmm. rather than going with the thing of, wow, look how fast I'm catching this stuff. There it goes again. Yeah. I got you again. Yeah. Okay, because the only other option is, is off it goes and you're not watching it. Yeah. You True. want to be able to catch it quickly. True. So congratulate yourself. You're seeing, especially in the morning when you're probably pretty mm -hmm. sharp, you wake up mm -hmm. and you think that, oh, now the mind is super active. No, mm -hmm. you're super sharp at seeing how active mm -hmm. it always is. <laughs> Okay, that's indeed an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah you got to recognize everything's a moving target. Yeah. But at the same time, I do feel there's other days when I practice with this. Um, if I then do something, some external activity that brings the mind into a bit more, like either I read something or I watch something um, that, that, that focuses the mind for a while on one particular subject and I do my meditation after that, then yeah. there is still, of course, mind wandering. There's always mind wandering, but um, it seems to happen one a bit less frequently, and two, the the, the insights seem to be a bit deeper, and and um, the joy of catching the mind seems to be a bit there. There seems to be a bit more space for this to arrive. Like ah, you know, yes, I caught it. Good. And the other thing is like, oh, okay, I'm having this thought now, I'm planning that conversation, this is actually making me feel bad. So there's, the insights seem to be a bit more, actually, they seem to be more sharp at that point, or a bit more, you know, deeper at that point. So the question then would be, so then the question would be, which of these, you know, should I then, what would be the wisest way to approach this? Do I then do the meditation Obviously, first thing? the answer is yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Not an either or, but a both. Mm. Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Mm. Yes, there is variation in your practice. And you mm. have, so let us put it this way you've got two toys to play with, and you're asking me which toys should you be <laughs> playing with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. as you're saying, you're getting benefit out of both sides of that. Mm -hmm. No. Just again, trying to push it a bit more towards, okay, it needs to be exactly the same every day. It needs to have, you know, this needs to be this instead of allowing it to be whatever is most appropriate for. Uh, uh, okay, uh, that's, in fact, that's concentration. Mm -hmm. Is choosing this one over that one. Mm -hmm. to where samadhi is gathering the factors together 
Mm -hmm. And so there's a distinction in between samadhi and samadhi should not be translated normally as uh, uh, concentration. Mm -hmm. Concentration has the quality of removing unimportant points, getting down just to the essence or just to the important part. Yep. An example of that is the purification of gold is taking the dross out of it, keep heating it, keep heating it, mm -hmm. and keep stirring it, and then the lighter elements are naturally going to float to the top. Mm -hmm. And so they keep scraping off the top, and they get it, the purified gold that way. So um, that's the purification process. Mm -hmm. But we... Um, Whatever is happening in the mind, you can think of is that's the dross. Mm -hmm. That in fact, there's uh, the gold will remain after we keep throwing all of this stuff out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's all we have to do is off oh, there it goes again, and out it goes, and out it goes, and out it goes. But in reality, what you're doing is you're developing sati to a very high degree. Mm -hmm. And the sati is what we're looking for because the more sati you have, the higher the level of skill, then the more often you're likely to be awake when you need sati the most. Mm -hmm. the, mo the time when people become afraid or disgusted or angry or have, and most likely to fall into any of those bad feelings because your sati is strong, you can say, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. That's when you need sati, so that yeah. when those times when it's most opportune, when the, uh, let us say, the call of the wild is at its loudest, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we feel, you know, urged by our instincts to go join in, go join that herd of uh, wild animals, and then, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, I do not have to feel the way that they feel. Yep. I do not have to feel the way that Donald Trump wants people to feel. I do not have to feel the way that everybody feels when they see Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can feel good instead. So yep. this is a, and this is kind of those kinds, those times when we do need sati mm -hmm. is when we're watching the news. Yeah. Because the news is designed to make you feel bad. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> they can eat that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which means if they can get you to bleed, mm -hmm. then they're successful. Yeah. So that's their job, is to make you feel bad. So if you watch the news, just understand that this is all hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They work really hard to make me laugh. So I might as well enjoy it. <laughs> but if we go along to get along in the sense of going the way that they want us to, that you will become manipulated and then you'll decide to choose which channel to watch to make you feel good, mm -hmm. not realizing they're manipulating you mm -hmm. just the other way. And so uh, it's really all a part of human nature. It's mm -hmm. actually not a surprise to see that this uh, polarization is, that's going on. Mm -hmm. People, they're, they're <laughs> how to say it, they're animals. 
They no. literally are animals. They're not human enough to think wisely. And so they are able to be driven uh, by a, a pack of lies, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which basically is nothing. I mean, the, uh, uh, you, you've heard uh, that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm -hmm. That's all the Republican do, uh, Party has done doing for the past 40 years is screaming fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And a lot of parties in Europe are also um, operating on that principle now, following their lead. Yeah, very much following so. Following that lead, just yelling fire, 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 keeping everybody stirred up. Yeah. And we recognize that's the game they're playing. We can say, aha, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. All right. When we do, then there's no reason to get involved with it, even at the emotional level of hating them for it. Mm -hmm. Because that's mm -hmm. the society we live in. Everybody is caught into that society. Mm -hmm. And this is the part of the insight that comes along with keep waking up so you can see things, not just while you're sitting on the cushion, but all throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so this is a way of, of, of beginning. In fact, I'm wanting to open a door for our next conversation. Mm -hmm. And that is how to take the practice of uh, mindfulness off the cushion so that we can actually put it to value right mm -hmm. away. Yeah. Rather than hoping that the, that the sati is going to get better because it's getting good on the cushion. It's got to yeah. be better all day long. Don't count on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're developing a skill here, and we got to take. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can, if you cannot play a piano in a swimming pool, you can't play a piano at all. <laughs> so we got to throw that thing into the piano into the pool to play it. <laughs> in other words, we've got to learn to live our day playing the music that we're learning to play while we're in private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, and is that? So this, is that related to the noble view or is that still another talk that's a completely different talk okay all right so we got lots to chat about very good looking forward to it okay so this is then the basic answer to that whole second question mm -hmm. that we were having would be boiled down to what is right thought yep the answer is the kind of thoughts that give you really good, happy feelings or right thoughts and the, all the other stuff that you're in the habit of thinking is not making you feel good. So let's abandon those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one last thing about that. Um, some students have the idea that our thought process is something like a mighty river. Mm -hmm. And that they seem to think that they've got to manage this whole mighty river. But there's a really an in interesting way of managing a mighty river. And that is um, every once in a while, you cut a little path off to the side so that you can do some irrigation. Mm -hmm. And eventually that uh, irrigating and pushing all of that out. In other words, instead of having that rush come down, you, you plant. You uh, irrigate all along the way so that you don't have to dam the thing up ever. But mm -hmm. you do take tribute, not, not tributaries, but tributaries flow in. We're talking about, um, uh, in, in Thailand, they call them clongs. Okay. 
And in fact, it's really interesting that they'll open a clong at the uh, at the river way up there. It's going to snake around, become a sewer, and then come back through Bangkok, and uh, they'll flush it out at the at, at the other end of the river. Things are pretty flat there, so they can get away with doing stuff like that mm-hmm. by the uh, uh, changing the um, the water levels and things. Okay. So they really do know how to manage that kind of water. We mm-hmm. want you to think about that same way, that you do not have to, um, let us say, manage a mighty river. Rather, we only are just, right now, taking, mm-hmm. siphoning it off. Let's yeah. take a little off of it, okay? Yeah. Let's just get out of it right now, okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to look at it. And so okay. that's another part of what are the uh, uh, Anapanasati by the numbers? One, number nine. Mm-hmm. which is to wake up. Mm-hmm. That hits two dominoes. It hits domino number one, and it hits domino number ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then domino number one and ten together knock over domino number five and six. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of looking at it, and we want to keep doing that sequence over and over and over again. Every time you can catch the mind wandering away from the breath, you put it back on the breath. Mm-hmm. Happily. Yeah. Okay. Does that answer that question about what's the order of the sequence of events? Yes. Yes. That answers it uh, perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will see you, Daniel, later. Thank you for calling. This has been a very enjoyable talk. I like talking about this stuff. Yeah, for me as well. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. Okay. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. See you soon. Bye. bye.